your news programme every morning with up-to-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS EFM. So the claim from Greenpeace Japan, radiation along Fukushima's rivers is up to 200 times higher than the seabed of the Pacific Ocean and hundreds of times higher than levels before the 2011 Fukushima Daiichi nuclear disaster. Let's bring in senior global energy campaigner at Greenpeace Japan, Kendra Ulrich. Good morning to you. Good morning. Can you start by just outlining your findings of this survey? Sure. Yeah, Greenpeace has been doing uh, ongoing radiation monitoring work uh, since the two weeks after uh, the Fukushima uh, Daiichi disaster began. Um, and what we've been really focused on in these last few years uh, is documenting the ongoing radiological crisis, particularly in areas where uh, evacuation orders uh, may be lifted. Uh, for this particular study that uh, we did this past uh, March uh, for the fifth anniversary of the Fukushima disaster, uh, we were looking at the land-to-sea transfer mechanisms of radiocesium from the land uh, to the marine environment, as well as looking at areas specifically where people uh, are living, where there's no restrictions on people living. Uh, what we found uh, is what we expected offshore, which is that uh, radiation levels are about uh, 120 becquerels per kilo uh, for the samples that we took. Um, and that's what we would expect uh, in the uh, Pacific Ocean, which of course is huge uh, and indicates a wide dispersal of radioactivity in the marine environment. Um, but what we also found is very high levels uh, of radiocesium uh, along riverbanks, uh, up to 29,800 becquerels uh, per kilogram, so very, very high levels where there are no restrictions on people living. Um, we also found elevated levels, the highest levels of radioactivity offshore uh, in estuaries, um, which would indicate as well uh, that the radioactivity is being uh, brought down by heavy rains, uh, by the seasonal snow melt, uh, and deposited into the marine environment. So really, that wide dispersal also means a potentially wide impact on the ecosystem. Can you just take us through what you found so far in terms of the impact? Sure. I mean, the uh, primary impact is, uh, is on land, and that's to be expected. Um, because of the wide dispersal within uh, the Pacific Ocean, um, of course, uh, radiocesium, particularly water-soluble radiocesium, uh, can be uh, very quickly incorporated into uh, the marine food web. Um, however, the primary concern uh, about uh, the ecosystem is for on-land ecosystems. Uh, and the reason for that is that uh, cesium uh, is the chemical analog of potassium, which of course is one of the three essential nutrients for plants, uh, the other two being phosphorus and nitrogen. Uh, it is taken up uh, into both plants and animals uh, in the place of potassium and then incorporated into the material cycle, so taken up into uh, trees, uh, into leaves, uh, redeposited back to forest floors, 
with the loss of leaves in the fall. Um, so what we're seeing is consistent with sort of the state of knowledge from uh, the Mayak uh, radiological disaster that happened in 1957, uh, which was a level six nuclear disaster, uh, and the Chernobyl disaster from those impacted uh, ecosystems. So what we're seeing, again, is this cycling of radiocesium, where uh, this will be a very, very long-term uh, uh, contamination situation on land. Uh, and that's because radiocesium has uh, a half-life of 30 years, but a hazardous life of uh, approximately 300 years. Well, obviously, the world will be wishing this area to have a, a recovery, to um, get back on its feet economically. But if your agricultural produce and, and so on is being so tainted for that long, uh, what hope is there for them, really, in that area? Well, the, the important thing to understand is that you know, the uh, deposition that happened in this area uh, is not uniform deposition. So there are areas in Fukushima uh, that are uh, relatively low. Um, however, the uh, because of the uh, topography of the land, so you have uh, heavily forested uh, upland mountains and uh, a lot of people that are living primarily in uh, coastal regions uh, or um, downstream from, from uh, those mountains, uh, you have the potential, which is what we are seeing and which is what... Uh, uh, scientists that are also studying this situation uh, are finding as well, where uh, particularly with the spring snowmelt, um, as well as with uh, the typhoon season heavy rains, the washdown of radioactivity uh, into freshwater lakes, into rivers, uh, potentially recontaminating lands that was decontaminated. Um, so an ongoing and looming human rights crisis, this uh, March with the lifting of evacuation orders and the potential for people to be economically uh, coerced uh, into going back uh, when they lose their compensation. Mm -hmm. So a very, very concerning situation. Um, it is absolutely impossible uh, to decontaminate these forests. And again, that's because uh, the radiocesium is now a part of the material cycle. So the trees themselves the plants and the animals uh, are now radioactive themselves. You can't uh, simply wash it away or remove it. Well, what would your message in terms of the solution be to Tokyo and any interested parties who might be listening? Sure. So our uh, position in my case is that uh, as far as the uh, victims are concerned, the... Uh, really um, that people should be supported in making their own decisions. They should be given accurate information. There is this mismaking about decontamination. Uh, forest decontamination is happening in 20-meter strips along roads. And yet, if you look at the Ministry of Environment website, uh, that shows 100%, for example, in Atake has been done. Um, and you have to click through multiple pages to figure out that it's 100% uh, of the forest that they designated for decontamination, which, of course, is these 20-meter strips along roads. And even at that time, uh, when we were there, when it was showing 100% done, uh, there was still ongoing decontamination work uh, along the roads. Mm. Um, 
So accurate information uh, and fair compensation. Nobody should have to go back if they don't want to. Uh, and so if people do want to go back, uh, they should be supported uh, in not only going back, but uh, compensated for the extra uh, risks to their health and their loss of community. Uh, and people that choose not to go back, particularly young people, families with children, uh, should also be uh, supported in establishing a life somewhere else. And this has been an ongoing struggle uh, yeah. since the disaster. As far as the uh, decontamination efforts are concerned, we are very concerned that there is a lot of political motivation to focus on areas where decontamination is next to impossible. Uh, for example, uh, Itate, which is heavily contaminated uh, in the upland forest um, and uh, ongoing uh, decontamination efforts, while areas where people are currently living are not seeing that level of decontamination and still have hot spots. So in terms of reducing human uh, impacts and risk to human health, uh, the decontamination efforts need to be focused on where people are actually living. Finally, and, and just very briefly, the Made in Japan tag took a battering after this disaster. A lot of us um, were obviously concerned for our loved ones, I'm sure, when buying uh, food produce and so on. But the thing is that uh, can taint areas that have absolutely nothing to do with this. And, of course, that's uh, unnecessarily harmful and harsh on Japan. What advice would you have to us as international consumers? Sure. Uh, the, um, well, many areas uh, don't allow uh, produce uh, that has been um, uh, produced in, in Fukushima. Many countries have their own policies as far as imports are concerned. Um, the, uh, as far as the uh, produce from Japan, I mean, this uh, disaster contaminated uh, the northeastern section of Japan. Right. Of course, uh, there are many, many areas throughout Japan where uh, there are certainly, um, you know, no impacts from the Fukushima disaster. Indeed. Uh, and, and I think that's just a message I wanted to get across there because th there has been a bit of fear-mongering on that subject. We've got to leave it there, I'm afraid. Kendra Ulrich, thank you very much for joining us. Hearing from Greenpeace Japan, our email, EFM this morning at gmail.com.